Hi, my name is Marcus, and I am the host of Comic Corner. Along with my co-host Mason, we bring the kingdom of geekdom to life, or to darkness. Join us as we talk about heroes, villains, myths, and more things nerdy. Listen to us every Wednesday at 8 on Spotify. Brought to you by Gateway Pro Productions. In 1995, a Springfield mother and her two small children were brutally killed in their home. This sent the investigators down a twisted and bizarre path to find out who really committed this crime. But did they get it right? This is the case of the Feeney family. Guys, we are back with another episode of Code 187. I am Joe, here joined with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sarah. (laughs) And every week we'll have a new crime case that we will discuss the events that led up to the murder or the disappearance. Yes, and this is a wonderful show. We just love geeking out about um, murders and everything. And from that intro... I'm very interested because it is my birth year, 1995. Oh. So that really got me. Then you said Springfield as well. Now, is that Springfield, Missouri? Yep. Okay. Okay. Because I thought it was my hometown. I was like, did something happen, crazy happen there? So this is in your neck of the woods. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but you also know Springfield, Missouri too, don't you? Um, yes, I do a little bit. I have some family that uh, go to college there. So actually, I don't know if we've told this story before, but that's how we got connected. Because I heard that there were some cannibals in Springfield, Missouri. That's not what the story, they don't have anything to do with the story, does it? Okay. No. Okay. okay, just making sure. Well, maybe, actually. We don't know. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't want to spoil anything. But yeah, I heard about cannibals in Springfield, Missouri, and I was like, I want to find news about this. And then I saw your YouTube, and you were talking about it, and then I was like, what if I started talking to this lady and see if I can get her on the show? And then we started talking about the Cassidy Rainwater case, and it blew up, and that's how all this got started so yeah and i roped him into making a podcast with me yeah that's it's it's people yeah it's really not that hard people are just like hey you you want to do a podcast or produce a podcast i'm like i guess so you know it don't take too much to get me going so yeah (laughs) all right well are you ready to get into it let's go let's go Okay, so I don't know if this is your birthday, but on February 26th, anywhere near your birthday? It is actually, what is that? That is five months before to the day. Okay. So the 26th. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe you did this crime. (laughs) I hope not. Like the the pre-me, like the, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Go ahead. You were reincarnated (laughs) into. Yes, I did this. And then in June, yep, there we go. There we go. All right. So on February 26, 1995 in Springfield, Missouri, a woman that didn't show up for work and no one was able to get a hold of her. When police went to the house, they found three bodies lying face down in their beds. Cheryl, who is the woman, her six-year-old son, Tyler, had been beaten to death. Cheryl had been beaten to death as well. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer, her one-year-old daughter, had been strangled. Gotcha. So we're starting off hard with the babies already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think so. I, like, always say I'm not going to do kid cases, but there's so many that it's, like, and these and those are the ones that get you. I don't know about uh, about you, but when I listen to true crime or serial killers, it's like I can hear about men, grown men, grown women being murdered all day, and then trying to figure out their murders. But it's like I have this. What is it? it's like a 
I want the police to hurry up when it's kids. You know, it's like we gotta hurry up and find these guys real quick. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Crazy people out here. Leave the babies alone. Yeah, I would really prefer not to do kid cases, but I know I'm gonna do a bunch of them because, for one, it there's a lot of them, and yes. for two, it brings a lot of awareness to child abuse. Yes. Usually, mm-hmm. I don't think this is a child abuse case, but. A one-year-old daughter, that is just like, oh, my heart. Yeah, not even lived anything yet, you know. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So three bodies in the bed. Yep. And so Tyler and Cheryl had been beaten to death, Mm -hmm. and the one-year-old had been strangled. That is personal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cops did get on it pretty fast, and they found out that Cheryl's husband, John, was 90 miles away at a teacher conference in the Lake of the Ozarks. Okay. But was he really? See, that's one of the things I was getting ready to say because uh, he said 90 miles away, so I thought, you know, maybe he drove. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, he had had an alibi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, and we'll definitely get into all that because... Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, so we'll start with the day before. So the 24th um, was a completely normal day for the family. Um, John Feeney was 35-year-old high school teacher. Mr. Feeney? Boy Mr. World. Feeney! <laughs> oh, no, I actually thought about this, like, researching the case that that all that popped in my mind from boy meets world in like 90s nostalgia no he was such a good man (laughs) he was don't picture that man in your head (laughs) when talking about this john feeney i hope his name wasn't john in boy meets world oh i'm gonna have to go and watch it now and see what his name was because i won't be able to okay all right let's go mr feeney yep mr feeney (laughs) And Cheryl was a 35-year-old nurse. Um, There had never been any reports other than the Feenies were a typical Midwestern family. Mm -hmm. John left that night for a teacher's conference from Springfield to the Lake of Ozarks, and it is around two hours. Okay. So it's a two-hour drive. Um, Two days later, the family was found. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about how they were found. Um, Cheryl was found lying face down on a waterbed, beaten to death with a piece of a metal pipe. Okay. The words die and I think I can curse, but bitch, um, were reportedly splattered on the wall with paint. Tyler, who was the son, had also been bludgeoned with the pipe, and Jennifer was strangled with a shoestring. Okay. Very unusual. Yeah. Now, all these are, like like you said earlier, a lot of these are very personable, because the weapons are, you know, so basically what I'm saying is I I think that these are somebody who was close to them. Um. Also, the way that Cheryl was placed, I know that with her being faced face down, that is an indicator of, I don't want to see your face while I'm doing this. So it might be somebody you do know, you know. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of indicators already pointing it to, this is somebody that they know who's very close to them. And the only person we know right now is Mr. Feeney. Poor Mr. Feeney. <laughs> I, I hope it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the house had been ransacked. Drawers were pulled out and the contents were just dumped on the floor. Okay. Um, Cheryl's purse and jewelry were missing, okay. but there was cash left inside the house. Okay. The trunk of Cheryl's mm-hmm. car was found loaded up with stuff taken from the house. A battery charger was attached to the car, though police don't know why, because the battery wasn't dead. Okay. Uh, shoe prints of paint tracked through the house that were a size smaller than Feeney's size 12 foot. Okay. 
So they're 11 size shoe prints. Okay. This was an interesting, uh, the police are thinking exactly what you thought mm -hmm. um, with, it's gotta be a personal attack. Yes. Um, because family pictures in the house were all turned to face the wall. Okay. Okay. Um, the back door appeared to be pried open. Okay. But the screws of the latch seem to be unscrewed rather than pulled out. Okay. So it's like a weird scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's also, um, you talked about that some of her, what, a lot of stuff was thrown on the ground. It, the house was ransacked, but a lot of stuff wasn't taken. They took the jewelry, mm -hmm. but they didn't take the cash. So this is somebody, this is made to look like it might have been a robbery gone wrong and not a murder case um, from what we see here. This is really interesting and it's, it's you're starting to rack my brain here a little bit because things are just, I don't know, just don't make sense here. This it really doesn't. No. And I like doing this to you every week. I like confusing everyone. Yeah. And see, I think, I, I'm just hoping you don't do a hard left turn. You're going to try to give me all this information I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're going to turn left real quick and I'm like what the heck is going on so that's usually what I do <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm buckling in all right so the police quickly wondered if this was a staged scene See? uh just like you were saying if because it it's me. bizarre mm -hmm. um but it also makes sense that a lot of these things were staged so the dumping of the purse and the jewelry staging it to look like a robbery yep they put all the stuff in the back of her car mm -hmm. made it look like they got a dead battery mm -hmm. to just leave yep it's all very seemingly staged mm -hmm. the only thing that throws like a a wrench in it is that size 12 footprint or size 11 Size 11, yes, because yeah, he was size 12, sorry. Yes, you're good. Yeah, I was just thinking the dude could have probably <clears throat> shoved his size 12 foot in two 11s and, okay, 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 I'm gonna stop right now. I'm, I'm trying to get all the evidence, but <laughs> I'm just like, Mr. Feeney did it. So um, let me stop. He is not guilty, so not yet. Not guilty until proven. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as of right now. So Yeah, I mean, I will ask you this, though. If you think that he just shoved his big old foot in a pair of shoes, um, where would he get the shoes? And why would he do that? He, you could, so he could probably easily go to, like, some type of uh, a thrift store. Actually, okay, if I was in his, if I was in his place, I would go to the thrift store because... Yeah, you're going to have some, like, name brands, but they're not going to probably be any more popular. Um, I would get a size smaller so that it would throw the police off if I was trying to kill my, if I was trying to kill my family. Because that's, a, that's, I mean, that's one big thing that, you know, they'll look at the, his footprints and see what kind of shoe it was and if it's a popular shoe, you know. Um, so that's Why not get a couple sizes down? Well, you don't want, well... Well, okay, so let's see. The average man is like, what is it, like 9, 10, 11? So um, I don't know. You probably don't want to make it too um, – uh, you want to kind of give them a check. Wait, what do I want to say? Hold on. I'm trying to get it. <laughs> you don't want to make it as noticeable? Yes. Because you make it as noticeable. I feel like this other stuff really is noticeable. Yeah. And plus, I mean, too, if you go, if you go, I think if you go too s small with the foot, too, that might indicate that it was a smaller man. So then now you're thinking the police are like, well, if this, if this, if this guy is wearing like a size nine or a size eight, it's not a pretty big dude. So how did this one guy overpower three people like this, you know? So whoever did this was very smart. Um, even to the point of staging the car to where, because if you're going to pack everything up, that makes it kind of looks like that she was trying to leave. I'm still confused on with the battery and what's going on with that, with it being charged and stuff like that. But uh, it, I was really interested until, you know, it's like, 
you know, okay, he made it look like, you know, they ransacked, maybe they were trying to leave, and then uh, he, the, the murderer pushed everybody back in the house and then murdered them there. And then um, just that battery. I hope that comes into play later. Like, it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> the the murderer's just like, you know, oh, what would make this, what, what, what's the icing on the cake? I'm going to put a battery charger on the battery. Like, it just doesn't make any sense at, at all. Ah. Right. I feel like this is a super fumbled scene. Mm-hmm. Um, be- and maybe it's just because I'm, like, this huge true crime person. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I'm like, you used paint from mm-hmm. the house. You used the weapons from the house. Mm-hmm. You wrote die and bitch when you know that this woman was loved by her community as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be mad at her that much? Yes. It just feels really. You think it's, it's like fainy. they thought it out. <laughs> What'd you say? You think it's feeny. <laughs> <laughs> Joe has said already that well, it is feeny for sure. Well, um, I, yeah. I was going to say it's kind of like the. Um, it's kind of this seems like it's something like the joker from batman would kind of do it's just like all this chaos is you know it's adding on to it so i bet the murderer is 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 hoping that he's kind of like me where he's looking into the details of it you know because it might be super simple you know like he staged all this and um just to confuse the police so i think it's you know all the chaos is maybe helping them or not helping them so that's a good point could be distraction mm-hmm. all right so um police wondered if it's a stage scene we talked about that mm-hmm. and then they started looking at suspects okay. and of course feeney yep mm-hmm. like it's john feeney yep. um this was a personal killing mm-hmm. the words found in paint seemed really over the top yep um it seemed to the police that someone made it look like a home invasion Mm -hmm. um john provided police with hair and blood samples to compare with evidence found at the home but refused to take a polygraph test gotcha he also gave writing samples to compare uh the police had no other suspects and did not pursue any other leads Mm -hmm. they knew feeney was the man that did this and they were set just like joe is yes because it's it's it makes too much sense and i and i really really hate this i really really hate this because when it comes to like crimes i hate that like a wife and children get murdered and then they immediately go after the husband and father and i I hate that so much but in this specific case it's like the painting's literally on the wall (laughs) right and when they do that they do that because they you always start with people closest yes and work your way out and of course like it just seems like it's him yeah with it being so personable i mean and they don't talk about i don't know if we're going to talk about if they had like friends or anything but she's loved in her community he was probably loved in his community i mean if it is John Feeney, I want to really know what his motive was, if he had a motive. Because, I mean, being a teacher, I think you'd probably be really docile, you know. I don't know. But that's just me from looking on the outside. But <laughs> what am I doing? We're talking about murders, you know. You can be very docile on the outside life and then be real crazy. I talking about you know <laughs> I I absolutely love that you went from thinking as the killer um with the shoes and the what would I do but, and then you immediately roll up thinking as the cops like yeah. it's him it's him case closed we're yeah. done yeah it's this is how I'm, so I have ADHD and this is how my mind works this is the process we're going through because I'm like yeah it's him but you know this is what I would do like it's crazy so let's get into motive okay uh why would a teacher and a dad of two kids just snap and do something so vicious now what i would say from actually i don't know 
So biologically, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a psychologist, but biologically with the man, it's one of those things, um, what I've heard is like, let's say when a baby cries, right? When a mom hears that, she goes into protective mode trying to figure out what is causing pain to her child and wants to soothe it. With men, it's more of something's attacking my child. I have to stop that. And um, a lot of times with that is, you know, testosterone levels go up and then we kind of, you know, we'll get irate with the kids, you know. So it's kind of like one of those things where mom is like a protective kind of thing, but the dads are like, we got to kill something because it's, you know, mess with our kids. So it could get to that point where he just had enough of that, you know, the stress of being a teacher and maybe the stress of just the kids and testosterone levels up because of hearing them cry or something like that. And then, bam, you know. I can make that sound a little more intelligent. I just at that moment, I could not. <laughs> I've said, I've talked about that before. But that could be another reason, you know, just life, family life and stuff going on. Um, You're absolutely right. Um, and I understood what you were saying. Um, there is some other interesting stuff. What, what, is, what do you think? What do I think? Or what do you think of what's what's the in the the article there? Like what motive is? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Yeah, what what, what are, I think it is? Yeah. What are the what are the what do you think the motives are? See, this is hard because I already know okay, what's okay. gonna happen. Okay, okay. So what does the article say the motives are? <laughs> well, okay, we get into that. If I just looked at it, I would be and when I did just look at this case, I was like Feeney did it. Prove it to me. Feeney did it. Like okay. he, we have a Chris Watts situation, okay. you know, like that's in my mind. Do you know who Chris Watts was? No, I, the name sounds familiar, but I, I'm not, it, I'm drawing a blank. So he killed his wife and his two daughters. Okay. Um, cause he was cheating, mm -hmm. which we see a lot. I didn't think about that. I didn't think yeah. about that. Mm. Okay. So now we're going to get into it, though. We're okay. going to get into the nitty gritty here. Okay. Um, now, there was not a lot of concrete evidence okay. to say that John Feeney did it. Um, most of the prosecution was character assault. Okay. Um, how to make him look like a bad enough guy to say he did it. Mm -hmm. This is what they did. It seemed that John Feeney was not the most perfect husband and father after all. Okay. He had multiple affairs. <laughs> yep. And unfortunately, like in a lot of other cases, the first motive is always money. Mm -hmm. Four months before her death, John took out a life insurance policy John, on Cheryl. John, John, John. You're doing everything wrong. <laughs> Four women testified that John had an affair with each of them. Mm. They claimed that he told them he stood to gain money in life insurance and other property from the death of his wife and children. Dummy. <laughs> so not a good look. No, it's not. Not a good look. He's already got four women uh -huh. who testified that said, I had an affair and he also told me his wife and kids were going to get into an accident or something. Listen, earlier in this episode, if John did this, I'm over here like making him seem like he's this mastermind with the shoes and everything. And now you hear this, I'm like, what a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't tell people about what your murders and stuff like that. Um, what happened? There was a, have you heard of the, what is it? I think it's like the bathtub killer or something where he would marry women and then uh, put them. He even, he didn't tell them, he didn't tell his future wives about stuff like that because he would just kill his wives and then take the insurance money. But he never told anybody about it and that's how he got away with it so much. But it's just, oh my God. Like, you just don't do that, man. Mm-mm-mm. And I don't see his gain in this. Like, so if he had this all planned out mm -hmm. and he was going to kill Cheryl and the kids to go be with another woman, why would you tell all four of them that story? Yes. 
because with Chris Watts, we had, he was having an affair with this woman, completely in love with her and knew he had to get rid of his wife and kids. Mm -hmm. So that's why he killed them. But four other women, like. The only reason I would have done something like that is if you had planned to marry them and then do the same thing to them, kind of, you know, take an insurance thing out on them and then do the same thing to them. That way you could, you would get the insurance, but then all your witnesses are gone, you know? And this could have been a threat situation too. Like, yes. don't leave me because, you know, mm -hmm. I could kill you off. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't had any, no, no violence or anything. Huh, this is crazy. Okay. So there's, there's a little like motive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so don't picture Mr. Feeney in your mind. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to look him up after this episode and see what his name was. And be like, It could be John, and then it's going to ruin my life. Yeah, like, I'm never going to be watching. I might rewatch Boy Meets World with my wife and be like, did you know this man killed his wife and kids? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. So, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, another thing that the prosecutors pointed out was that John played a certain video game. Okay. So he played a game called Vampires of Masquerade. Um, investigators found game sheets in Feeney's classroom desk at the high school. Okay. So he was super involved in this game. Mm -hmm. Prosecutor said Feeney took the vampire game to the extreme okay. and assumed the role of a killer and then wiped out his family. Okay. They were painting the picture that that gave him the inspiration to kill. Now, my thoughts on that mm -hmm. is I don't think video games media makes you a killer. I think it could like add to things in your brain, yes. but I don't think it makes you a killer. No, I don't think so either. I mean, because listen, I play GTA all the time. I love playing GTA, but the things I do in that game, because you can do whatever... I don't, I don't know. They could give you ideas, but I, with me, like a sane person, you know, you just leave your ideas in the video game. You know, you can compartmentalize, you know, like this is real, that's fake. So I, I do agree with you. I do think video games can influence, but I don't think they, you know, I don't think people get inspired by them, you know, like, oh, because I killed this person in this video game. I'm, but in this, now, what about um, some of these movies and things? Because I've heard certain things where there um, a lot of murders have gotten inspiration from certain films. Like with um, there was one murderer, Dracula, had came out about this time, and he had seen it as a kid, and he got that. I, I don't think video games. But I do think movies might have a really big impression on people. Because, like, Titanic, for me, I was afraid to go on a cruise ship. Okay, I am still <laughs> afraid to go on a cruise ship because of that movie. So, and I know we have, you know, all the new technology and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I know movies can. I wouldn't say video games. But I know that in some cases movies do inspire people but we're specific to talk about video or yeah video games we'll get on movies maybe i'll bring a maybe i'll bring a case to you <laughs> yeah yeah and that seems like a lot of work you're better at that. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, well my perspective on the movies thing real fast sorry for getting off track no, but i think you have to be crazy before Yes. or something wrong with you before yes. um, because like when there was killers in the 40s and the 50s and they weren't like taking from like super violent mm -hmm. movies I mean yeah I think you can pull things yes. like there was uh, the scream killers mm -hmm. who reenacted scream um, because they had saw it you can pull things from it but I think on the basic level, you got to be crazy first. Wait, there were people like Scream the movie. They, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll do that case sometime. It's huh. very interesting. Huh. Like, I mean, people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. 
Like, I don't know, man. I just, that's just, I mean, just because we always talk about this. I know I've said this thousands, thousands of times, but I just don't know how people can think stuff like that. I Like, I watch a movie, and if I see somebody jump off a bus or a cliff, I don't think, man, I could do that, you know, and be okay. I just don't, yeah. I don't understand that, man. Crazy people out here. Okay. I mean, I love scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I like analyzing scary movies. I mean, I got my Walking Dead shirt on today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I'm going to go out and do something. You know? Yeah. I don't have that basic level of crazy yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, yeah. We, but see, we know how to have like, a, we have like a, we know how to, you know, block that out. Like, we'll be in the movie and watching it and be like, oh, man, that's cool. You know, his head blew up and stuff. And then the movie goes off and we're like, well, back to life. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. Yep. So, back yeah. to work in my nine to five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they think that the video games were associated with him or influencing him trying to kill his family. Yep. So that's that character assassination of him, like trying to make sure they they bring up everything they can. Mm-hmm. So this is their theory. They believe that Feeney left the conference, drove home, murdered his whole family very brutally, Mm -hmm. staged the scene to look like a break-in or a robbery, painted the words over Cheryl's bed, uh, which seemed kind of like an odd choice. Yeah. Um, It seemed very personal. And why would you do it with paint? Yes, because... I would do it with blood. You what? I'd do it with blood. That's right. That's how it usually would happen, you know. Now he just knocked her out, right? I mean, I mean, he killed her. So it said bludgeoned. Okay. So he beat her with a pipe. Gotcha. So with bludgeoned, there's a there's a possibility blood comes out, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That seems like an odd choice. Okay, I don't know. Maybe we'll think too much about that, too. Right. And so they also kind of analyzed, like, why would he leave the footprints in paint? Uh, But I think that comes back to your theory on he's trying to throw them off. Mm -hmm. Um, The family pictures being turned around seems like a message that only Feeney would do. Yes. I don't want to look at my children while I'm killing them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's in his brain. Yeah, like the, they're watching them. Right, yes. right. Or, you know, you could look up and be like, oh man, what did I do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, some stuff was taken from the home, but there was money left, yep. which is weird. Mm-hmm. Why would robberies, why would, if you're robbing someone, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, the stuff in the trunk and the car with the, jumper cables which makes no sense either way in my mind yeah if he's trying to, to stage it that's weird if he isn't it's weird <laughs> yeah i mean i don't understand why would he i don't know it's the little things that get these people caught you know it's not anything really really big like um i've heard that i've seen that multiple times where somebody will steal just a little bit of this and it's like no if you're gonna be a thief they're gonna steal everything cash everything um so he was kind of smart. He wasn't super, super smart. Right. So another thing that pointed to him was he was the last one that checked on the family that weekend. Okay. Um, so there was other people calling, trying to figure out why Cheryl wasn't at work, why, you know, all of this. And John never called. Mm. Um, other family members noticed that the family couldn't be reached first. Okay. So when it came to the defense, so we talked about the prosecution, basically character assassination, no real hard evidence. Yeah. So we're talking about the defense now. Did John Feeney really do this? The defense had a lot more hard evidence than the prosecution. Okay. Um, Like I said, the prosecution leaned more character assault. Um, There was also evidence that others may have been involved. Okay. Unidentified hairs were found on Cheryl Feeney's blood-stained nightgown. There were also fingerprints that didn't match any of the family. Okay. They pointed out the shoe prints um, that didn't match his size. 
they questioned a lot of the people that attended the conference that John was at, and they seemed to say he was completely himself. Okay. So this one, this last one here is weird for me. So the son, Tyler, was found to have a sexually transmitted case of hepatitis B. Okay. That did not come from either of his parents. Okay. Raising the possibility that someone who infected the boy also killed the family. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a big one that people bring up because it's unexplainable. Um, so, lastly, Feeney had an alibi at the conference. Okay. Um, so, here's what we know based on the facts. Shortly after his Saturday night arrival... Feeney had dinner with a female colleague. Okay. On his way back, he stopped. He was stopped by the police for speeding at about 8 p.m. Okay. <clears throat> Perhaps his strongest alibi is that the Osage Beach police can vouch for Feeney was inside the station at 1030. Okay. Paying the $60 speeding ticket. Um, the defense said a witness heard noises in Feeney's room in the middle of the night, meaning he was not on the road. As prosecutors theorize, rendering it impossible to squeeze in more than five hours of driving. So between all of this, it's a lot. It's a tighter window. Yes. Um, on Sunday morning, Feeney went to McDonald's nearby the conference for breakfast at 7 a.m. And he has the receipt to prove it. Okay. So he's got from 10.30 to 7 a.m., which seems like a pretty decent window. Mm -hmm. If this person who heard noises in his room was wrong. Who's this person? Do they know who the person is? They testified um, anonymously. Gotcha. So we don't know. And we don't know, like what time frame they just said middle of the night well also too you know we've got he he was attending he had breakfast with one of his colleagues right or he had dinner, he had with, dinner. okay he had dinner with one of his colleagues and we we know that he's a man who likes to get around too mm-hmm. so he could have had a lady of the night spend the night with him and then left her in the bedroom then he might have slipped out and then maybe from her just tossing and turning in the bed somebody heard that upstairs you know thinking something and then Feeney was able to slip out you know that's a good theory yes because uh because it the hepatitis b has me stumped but they have nobody else you know because they she from what we know the family was a family that everybody loved they were real. They didn't have any enemies. The only other thing that I could possibly think of is that Feeney might have hired somebody. But, but then the, the the problem comes to is like, what with the the turning of the pictures, Cheryl laying down on her face, the message, um, just a lot of the personal stuff. Unless Feeney specifically told that person to do it which would kind of be dumb yes you know yes we got a lot of people theorizing that that's what happened is that he hired someone to carry it out Mm -hmm. um we have no hard evidence of this there was no phone calls no nothing but people point to the fact that it seems a little too convenient all of this stuff happening Mm -hmm. you know like he was almost creating an alibi yes with the speeding, with the McDonald's, with the, you know, noises. Yeah. He was trying to make it known he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, could it also be someone who, I don't know what I was going with that, but could it also be someone he told to, like you said, yeah. turn everything around, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it just seems so out there. Like, it just seems theatric. Yeah. And it's very, what is it? It's very, um, this whole thing is very, the stage is very um, uh, detailed, like with the hairs. And they're not finding finding fingerprints of 
anyone in the family, you know. It's very, very detailed. Um, I don't know. But at the same time, it's just like him being a bad person. So, like, I think he's got motive, whether he killed them um, or not, you know. And plus, he's supposed to be getting insurance money from his wife and kids, too. So he could probably pay somebody off with that insurance money, you know. Um, man. And did, did the guy not wear, the person who killed him, did they not wear gloves? Because you're, that's how you contract the hepatitis. Or unless he, the, the boy was sexually assaulted or something like that. But um, that, huh. Yeah, there was no evidence that the boy had any blood transfusions okay. or was around needles or anything like that. So they, the court theorizes that that definitely came from an STD. Now we don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's on trial now, and this is Saturday evening, October 5th, 1996, at 9.05 p.m., um, after five hours of deliberation. Okay. Do you want to tell me first? Well, I thought when you said he was on trial, I'm like, what is this little bitch still doing on trial? <laughs> <laughs> it's 26 years later. <laughs> I was getting ready to flip out, and then I, I sat down and listened. So, okay. All right. I probably should have said that different, but in my story here, okay, okay, All he's right. on trial you. right now. I'm a very simple-minded man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So after five hours of deliberation, so it didn't really take them that long. Uh -huh. The jury found John Feeney not guilty on all counts of first-degree murder. And I would have to agree with them a little bit. I wouldn't want to, but you really have to. Because, I mean, he might have a motive, but none of the evidence really points to him. Right? That would suck. Yeah. Like, you, Knowing that you could have let somebody out who did it, but yeah. there just wasn't the evidence. Yeah, that would suck so much. Like, you know, kind of like in your, you know, in your heart that he's the killer, but in your head, it doesn't make logical sense. So you have to let this guy go. Mm -hmm. mm. This slightly reminds me, I know there was a lot of other layers in this, but the OJ Simpson trial, mm. I feel like this was another version of that. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of different race stuff on there, but I feel like they had to let him free because they didn't have enough evidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hard evidence. Yes. And that's, that's the crazy thing, like, <clears throat> and this is one of those cases where, uh, man, I think I really hate these cases because it's like the officers, they did their jobs. They were doing their jobs, and they have the evidence, but they cannot pin them on it. And the fact that he won't take a polygraph test. Hmm. But, you know, maybe it was the 19, or it, it was 50, 19, 1995, not 1955, but 1995. So they, he was afraid they might ask him questions about him having an affair. And then um, he didn't want that to get out, you know. So that's maybe why he didn't do the polygraph test. But good Lord. So everybody in the courtroom pretty much agreed there was lack of reasonable doubt like or there there was reasonable doubt with mm -hmm. this case um and because of double jeopardy he can't be charged again now for these murders if you guys have um not seen that movie it's a really good movie and it tells you a lot about because that whole movie just played in my head when you said that <laughs> um i have not seen it i should it's a really good movie I'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> so the investigation into the Feeney family did not reopen after the trial. Okay. Uh, I believe this is because the police thought they knew who did it. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to spend time going back again. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like with the OJ trial, like yeah. Nicole Brown Simpson, they're never going to figure it out. Yep. Um, John's teaching contract, of course, ended yep. when he became the suspect. Um, he never went back to teaching. He moved to South America mm -hmm. 
a couple of years after his acquittal and became a missionary. So after all of this, because that is the end of the story, mm-hmm. what do you think happened? Do you think they got it right in acquitting him? Or do you think he really did it? I just think he really did it. I don't think it has, <laughs> I, I really do. The only problem, the only only thing that that throws me off is the hair, the fingerprints, and the hepatitis. But besides that, everything else, like I will say that he did it because it's too personable, uh, personal, um, and he. I don't think he hired anybody to do it because. Okay, I can get that you hired somebody maybe to say, right, you know, the message on the walk. Got you. I can, um, you know, the killings, but the, even the whole little stage stuff outside with the cars and the footprints and stuff. Gotcha. But then, you know, with the turning of the pictures and her face in, like, her face on the bed, it's just, it's too personable. Like, you are doing that, and then the weapon you use too, you know, like, um, it's not, and it wasn't just like, you know, one, two, three, they're like knocked out dead, you know, it was one, like, just kept on going and going and going and strangling the kid with the, was it a, a shoestring or something like that? So yep. it's just, it's very brutal for all this, and he is a very if he did it he's very smart and knew what he was doing and i think he even had some mess ups but he you know well i guess we got to think about the shoes too like maybe my theory might be correct with the shoes but i don't know it's so i have four things that give me doubt about him but most mostly, I, I am. I think it was him all the way. He doesn't make himself look good, mm, <laughs> for no. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I honestly think that it it could be him. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going through this case, I was like, with sex sexually transmitted disease, was he having sex with a little boy? Mm-hmm. But it said that he didn't have it. Yeah. So I was, you know, like, I was like, okay, that's, that's the connection. Like he's having sex with all these women and then he's going home, giving it to his son. But I don't think that's the case. Like this came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's weird because it was also prior to the killing, you know, like he mm-hmm. didn't get it from mixing his blood during mm-hmm. the killing. Um, they figured out that he had it prior to the killing. It's just a strange thing. How, it could be a coincidence, though. How, how old was the boy again? He was young. Let me like, go back in my notes. Um, did I miss it? Six years old. Okay. I mean, it could have been a coincidence. He could have been being molested by somebody else. I was just getting ready to say, what if Cheryl was... What if Cheryl was also having an affair, okay, and he found out about it, and the guy she was with wasn't a very good dude, you know. Not only was he getting it from Cheryl, he was also getting it from the young kid. And um, John found out about all this and got really upset. Even though he was doing the same thing, you know, he got super upset about it, right? So then he goes, uh, he's got the get the perfect alibi you know you're going to this conference and because you you're you're upset at your wife and and that's where the message would come in too you know because i'm thinking to myself why why are you calling your wife this you know so mm-hmm. i would think she would have done something he didn't like unless he just freaking snapped but um that would make sense for the message it would make sense for why he would do something like this and then it would make sense of how this the kid got hepatitis, you know. It would also explain the hairs and the fingerprints. Yes, it would. And because if there was someone in the household before that, like maybe he came home and caught them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but then I don't know why he wouldn't kill him. Well, maybe the guy escaped, and that's where the, the footprints come from. 
Maybe. But you think he would tell on Feeney. What if what if they were they were having the affair and uh, they were packing up to leave that night and Feeney was gonna come home and do that anyway. And um, maybe there was some type of, I don't know, maybe there was some type of paint job or something going on. And, well, see, that wouldn't make sense because they were, because I was going to say what? Maybe there was paint on the floor, they were trying to do something, and um, the paint got knocked over the ground, so then the guy's running out, and the footprints, and then Feeney kills them, and then the paint's there, so then he's just like, I'm just going to write this on the wall, you know, yeah. kind of a deal. Like, what if all that happened? Like, everything we're talking about happened over time. Like, ah. And it could be, too, that this guy isn't coming forward because he's going to think he's suspect. Yes. And not, because I was like, why wouldn't he tell on Feeney? Maybe he thinks he's going to be a suspect himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially if he was raping that boy. Yes. Yes. Because, oh, it's one of those things, you know. It's kind of like, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's kind of like with the prostitutes. Something bad will happen to a prostitute, but they won't come up to the police and say anything about it because they're afraid that they might get in trouble for being a prostitute. Kind of one of those. So that is... uh, It could be. Yeah, we didn't even, like... (laughs) That just came out of my brain with this other guy. Like, I didn't even... Yeah, we don't plan our shows. Joe knows nothing of this case yeah. before today, yeah. um, right? You didn't know anything about. No, I'm just one of those people. I'm just like the listeners. I sit here and I listen to you tell the stories, and then it's just my knowledge. I, my homework is listening to true crime podcasts and watching documentaries and stuff like that. And then I just come on in here from my knowledge of all that and then just put two and try to put two and two together and figure all this out but, and you cracked the case <laughs> yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy like if he, this dude's still alive and we just come up here and we're talking about this and then he's just like where did that hit that right on the head you know just everything but i, I mean th- and the cops are refusing to still investigate they could run the fingerprint yeah well why did they do that in the first place I don't know. Because they were set on Feeney. I mean, when police sometimes and investigators sometimes get into a person, it is them and that is it. No hmm. matter, like you're supposed to go into a case and let the the surroundings tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. But sometimes investigators will go in and say, I know what happened. Let's make it fit. It's, it's, I've kind of got like chills right now because it's one of those things like, they still probably have that evidence. Mm-hmm. And if they would just go and test it, they could find this guy. Or our, what on this show, we say there's another guy. So the, let's say they did that with the evidence and they found this other guy. They go talk to this other guy and this other guy just starts spilling the beans about Feeney. And the case is, they found their guy. And then however old Feeney is, you know, put, him, put his ass in jail. Like, yeah. that would be awesome if they could do that. But, I mean, I don't think, I mean, people probably... I didn't see that theory written anywhere either, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, but because that's the only that's the only reason. Because hepatitis is one of those things you have to contract either from... Don't you have to contract from something or a person, right? Mm-hmm. So, if nobody, if Cheryl doesn't have it, nobody in the family has it, John doesn't have it, that means he had to contract it from somebody else which means that he was either going to school and getting raped or the best scenario is that the mom was getting something on the side and that guy wasn't a good, you know, person. Not basic, best case scenario for the family yeah, or the boy, yeah. but best case for this case. Yes, yeah, for the case. So, <clears throat> And I am not at all saying that Cheryl deserved what happened. No. Um, I just want to make that clear. Like, we aren't victim blaming. We're just theorizing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, no one deserves to have this happen. Those yeah. kids did not deserve it. Yeah. We're just theorizing of what really happened. Yeah, and I think this is just, I think if it's anything, it is John's, from that theory that we just 
did. It's John doing something wrong and then him finding out that maybe his wife was doing the same thing. Because that wouldn't be, what was it? That would be something I would think would throw you over the edge. You know, you're doing mm-hmm. something wrong. You expect your wife to be at home just doing the same thing. Now she's doing the same thing on you. So not only is she cheating on you, but she's doing the same exact thing on you. That would throw you into a rage. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. if the guy is there, too. Like, yeah, you know. So, your theory, I definitely think, is the best. Um, when I was reading this, I had a glimmer of remembering Cassidy Rainwater. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about, like, you know, it doesn't have a connection to it, like those guys, there was two cannibals, you know, in Missouri, and they could have been operating for a very long time. Yeah. So, when you look back at Springfield cases and Missouri cases, I just immediately wonder if it wasn't them. Mm-hmm. I don't think this one fits. I think yeah. it's too personal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Springfield three, which is another case, I think could have been done by them. Mm-hmm. But this one, I do think your theory is the strongest right now. Anyway. Gotcha. I didn't even know I was that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you want to talk more about our theory, you can join us on our social media. Yes. Um, let's see. We got YouTube. I'll yep. say YouTube first. Yes. YouTube. <laughs> we got YouTube, um, Code 187, Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Facebook yes. discussion group. Mm-hmm. We have Twitter. We have TikTok. Is that it? Yes. I didn't know we had Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big tweeter. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I still throw my videos up there and this stuff up there, but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. Code 187. But you usually do the ex- outro. Go ahead. <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> That's okay. So come discuss with us because this one definitely is a good one to have discussions about. Yes, we would love to hear your theories uh, about these cases, especially like, do, what do you guys think about the theory we just came up with? Do you guys think it hasn't pulled do you think it's good or were we did we miss something because i mean like we said i mean sarah she's gone over this story before and i'm just i'm listening to it for the first time and then i came up with that theory did you hear something that either one of us said that we're completely missing we would love to hear from you guys about it so yeah Yes, because we can crack this case. Yeah. I'm going to be calling up police officers going, hey, get over there. I was literally, literally like, do we need to go to Springfield and be like, open up this case, take that evidence out there, check it, and see what's going on. And then they're like, who the hell are you guys? We're from Code 187. <laughs> <laughs> We're your worst nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, like, then we crack this case, and then we, we get money for it, you know. Not even knowing who John Feeney is. Like, you taught all those kids. All those kids about <laughs> life and everything and Corey Matthews and all those guys there. I thought you were a good influence on us. And now you're just a murderer and killed his family for insurance money because you was out there messing around with the women because you couldn't control yourself. <laughs> I made John Madigan. <laughs> or Joe Madigan. Not John. I probably yeah. would make John yeah. Feeney mad, yeah. but... Is he still alive? Um, if he is, he's in South America somewhere. Okay, I'm going to check that out. And that's, okay, last part of the, and then we're at the end of the show. That's why he became a missionary to kind of repent for his sins. In South America, because that's, you know, he's safe. So if anybody does find out anything, they really can't go ahead. So, right. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for listening, guys. We're going to shut up because (laughs) I could probably go on and on and on. Well, I'm Joe. (laughs) And I am Sarah. And that is the solved case now. Yes. Of the Feeney family.
in a world with pain and destruction. We need a hero. Who will be that hero? Gateway Pro presents an old podcast, The Joe Show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wrong ad, wrong ad. Let's try that again. Hey guys, my name is Joe and I'm the host of the Joe Show podcast. On my show, we talk about anything and everything except politics. You will never know what we'll be talking about on our show, so you should definitely tune in. Join my boy Marcus and my brother Mason as we talk about food, superheroes, and those are just some of our temple topics. Sometimes we can get a little complex and talk about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. You never know what we're going to be talking about on the Joe Show. Even though we have a plethora of topics to talk about, our goal is to entertain you, the listener. So check us out on social media at Gateway Pro on Facebook, The Joe Show on Reddit, The Joe Show 2020 on TikTok, and The Joe Show underscore 20 on Instagram. You can also find us Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Join us every Monday at 8 o'clock 